0: guys. I'm bringing the party to you. Samsonite. I was way off. Hold on to your butts. I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Great to have you on the Stephen Corson show where we like to talk about money, life, and everything else. This show is all about revamping how you think about money and how to use it to live the life that you want. I'm excited you made this show part of your financial journey. So let's get to it. Let's just get right into it. No teasers. I know you clicked on this and you're thinking, okay, focus on building wealth, all four of them. Well, of course, you know, out of the four, I probably know three. It's probably like investing or you know, saving money or blah, blah, blah. If I came to you right now, because I've been doing this a lot recently, I've been going to people and asking, do you know what the four types of wealth are? And everybody gives me the same kind of answer. Everybody, you know, first off, nobody says no. Everybody assumes that they do. And then they go and they start being like, "Well, you know, you can invest and you can you can save stuff and, and it, it, they always give me some type of, you know, some one person was even coming in and started listing off things like um, you know, dividends and savings bonds and like all these other things and I was just like, "No." At the end of the day, the fact that out of everybody I talk to when I talk about the four types of wealth, that the answer always revolves around four different types of different ways to make money, which is just one type of wealth, and that is financial wealth. And I'll tell you the other three, and they're going to be super obvious. The, the other three are, are things that we consider important, you know, but they're not at the forefront of our mindset. And what's even crazier is the fact that we don't really consider them wealth, because we never talk about them in terms of it being something that makes us wealthy. Even though when I come in and I explain what they are, you're going to be like, oh, well, yeah, of course, Stephen. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm tracking with you. I, I did. I just didn't know what the label was. Look, our mindset is not on these. Normally, our mindset is on one or two of them. Okay, The first one that everybody thinks about is financial wealth. All right, That's the first one. The, the second one is health. Health is wealth. I mean, that's literally a saying. It even, the, the geniuses that created the, the English language even made it rhyme just so you could have that little ditty right there. Health is wealth and yada yada. The other two, lesser known, time wealth, definitely something that we don't give a damn about nowadays, but we all wish we had something more of. And then the last one is social wealth. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that goes into that and I'm going to define them a little more for you here, but you know, again, going back through it, time, wealth, health, wealth, uh, financial wealth and, um, social wealth. We do not think in, I think a lot of people are, are confusing the word wealth with the word rich and the word rich actually means, cause I've heard a lot of people say like, Oh, well I have a rich life because I have family that's close to me and I have a lot of good friends and all this other stuff. And at the end of the day, I would just argue that it's not about having a, a rich life uh, because that's about having a wealthy life. You are, If you look at the true definitions of it, rich means having a great deal of money or assets. Uh, it also says a suitable accumulation of resources and possessions of value. Well, your friends and your family aren't necessarily resources and possessions of value. Uh, that's not really what we're what we're looking for there. <laughs> so, when they're, I, I don't think they want to be something that you can kind of accumulate. You know what I mean? So, I I think that's where the term wealthy is a much better um, uh, word for us to kind of focus our mindset on, and why we need to be focusing on the four of these things. You can't because guess what? Time—that's something you can you can't create more of. Now, can you utilize the time differently in other ways? Absolutely, um, but you can't accumulate time, unfortunately. So, yeah. Anyway, that's the the soapbox there. So, time, wealth, physical—you know, aka health, wealth, uh, financial wealth, and social wealth. Social wealth. There you are. There's your four. Um, if that's all you clicked on this episode four, and you're like, "Hey, I just want to get the four Thanks. I'm good. Boom. You can dip. But if you want to stick around we're going to talk about these just a little bit more and we're going to talk about the most important one first and that is no it's not money sorry time wealth again why is that so important because time is finite and guess what you don't know how much of it you have and you never will until it's gone the goal of all the other types of wealth, actually, should be to maximize your time wealth. Time is by far the most important wealth that you can have. And by using all the other wealth, you can make it more available and you can make it more purposeful. So, you know, to throw some quotes out here, William Penn has a great one, and he says, Time is what we want most, but what we use worst. And oh my gosh, William Penn was living back, I think, in the 1700s, 1800s, something like that, they didn't have social media and constant notifications and an unlimited amount of TV shows and movies to watch on Netflix and Hulu and any other streaming giant out there. Oh, my gosh. We are living in the most distracted, um, uh, consumeristic time in the history of man. And it's only getting worse, by the way. It's only going to get worse. Um, Seneca, who's one of the old Stoics uh, back in the day, uh, actually, he may have been the original Stoic, um, he said a life, if well-lived, is long enough. It's pretty interesting. So if we condense our time wealth down into a day and then a week, look at your average weekday and your average weekend, since the, you know those tend to be pretty different for people. So we can split weekdays and weekends. Where do you spend your time? Like, like, get a piece of paper, map it out, put it in front of you, Monday through Friday, what is it? I can tell you what mine's like. I mean, I, I, I do the, you know, I'm up by 6, 6.30, getting kids ready for school from 6.30 to uh, 8, we're out the door, driving, get back by 8.30, 9 o'clock at the latest, I'm in front of my computer during work. Crushing through things, maybe take a quick hour of lunch, do something there, get to five o'clock. Boom, it's done. Go pick up the kids, come back, you know, clean them up, feed them, do all the things to keep them healthy and alive. You know, play with them a little bit, put them to bed, talk to the wife for like an hour. We both try not to crash, and I mean, <laughs> and then you've got two to three hours if you've got enough energy to do some things before you crash in fall asleep and do it four more times for the rest of the week. Can any of you relate to that? Is that similar to what many of you are are looking at? Maybe it's a little different. Maybe you don't have kids. But do you find that, hey, you know what? My Monday actually looks a hell of a lot like my Tuesday through Friday. Are you using that time well? That's the question. Hey, we've all got to go to work. We've all got to do that. I get it. You know That's fine. That's not what I'm talking about. But at the end of the day, to you, is your time being used well? It really takes some time to think about that. So if you're honest with yourselves, we like to think the best for ourselves. We rarely estimate the ugly truth of the matter. But I'm going to dare you to do something. If you have an iPhone, and I'm pretty sure that you can do this on pretty much any smartphone, Android, all the other things, but I know for a fact because I have an iPhone... You can do this on an iPhone. If I'm going to dare you to do this. Look up for the past month and add up how much time was spent on social media and streaming apps like Hulu, Disney Plus, or Netflix. Do it. See what you come up with. I guarantee you're going to shock yourself. There's nothing wrong with watching social media TV shows. But how much are you watching? I recently had to add limits on my phone for social apps because... They became just a useless filler when I could have been reading books or working on something important. It, it, like, life has just been so busy for us. We've had so many different things happening. Um, it, it, like, an unusual amount of big life events have happened to us in the past two to three months. Uh, family members getting really sick, uh, moving uh, into a new house, rights mag dab in the middle of holidays, finishing up, it was construction. Just a lot of stuff has happened in the past two to three months. And guess what? Being in quarantine on top of it, you know, even though we're back out and we're kind of living life, it's still different. It has fueled the addiction to our phones, because so many of us have been in it for so long, and we're trying to reintegrate back into society, and things are just weird, and we're not really sure what to do. So what do we do? We fill it with the device and the, and the things that we know are, are safe, they're easy. And guess what? Safe and easy rarely ever leads to anything that's, that's particularly beneficial in the long term. So like I said, just ask yourself the question if you're leading a fulfilling life. And if you are, then ask yourself, what could you accomplish with another hour back in your day dedicated to that purpose? What if you aren't sure what your purpose is and you don't feel like you're life has a level of significance that you'd like it to have, then great, good news. You can pull yourself away from the strangleholds of media and you will find time in headspace. It's, It's an amazing thing. So reclaim your time. There is no guarantee how much you have of it, but you can utilize it better. All right, moving on. Physical wealth, number two. I held the door for an elderly man just recently. He had a really bad limp. Uh watched this guy uh, because I was holding the door and I didn't realize how bad his limp was. But I mean, it took him almost a minute to get from his car to the door. And at that point, it was this awkward thing. I'm like, well, I can't start opening the door for this guy and then leave. Like, it was t- taking him a really long time to get there, but you know, it just hung in there and took it off. But then I thought about it later and I was like, you know, he has to, every time he gets out of the car, it takes him that long just to get out of the car to get to the, the door that's right there in front of him. Yeah, oh, man. Physical wealth eats up a lot of time for him. I know people with diabetes who have lost years of their life due to the diabetes and are now losing time having to go to dialysis centers weekly. In a much lesser sense, uh, I'm a lot more overweight than I have been thanks to COVID, working on that. Um, but being stuck at my desk all day, you know, it's made me more tired than I usually am, I'm having trouble focusing at certain points of the day when I used to be able to have a lot more clarity. And on top of that, I do think it affects my mood. So the quality of time that I have um, is being affected now due to my physical health. So physical wealth doesn't mean that you need to have a shredded six-pack and bursting biceps and be ready to run a marathon. But to ignore your fitness completely is to reduce the effectiveness of what you can do with your time. And physical wealth is an investment in time and the quality of life. So are you taking it seriously? Again, you don't need to be uh, a triathlete. That's not what I'm talking about. God knows I'm not. But is it a focus? Are you paying attention to it? Or are you eating fast food six days a week? So those are the things that you need to look at in order to properly judge and be honest with yourself. Like, look, no, this is a podcast. I don't know who's listening to this, okay? At the end of the day, I am asking questions And this is between you and you. And sometimes the hardest people it is to be the people that we like to lie to the most is ourselves. But be honest with yourself. Could you be doing a little better here? What would that look like? What how would that affect the other aspects of the the other three aspects of your wealth if you could be a little bit healthier? Something to think about. If you really want to get serious about this, do two things. Have someone hold you accountable to your health goals. And then pay someone to help you grow, get a nutritionist, get a fitness center, You know, uh, do what you got to do, personal fitness trainer. If you're serious about it, you got to do at least one of those two things. And if you're not going to do one of those two things, it's incredibly hard to break bad habits. But once you get started, you can conquer it and you'll go further than you ever thought. I promise. Financial wealth. So this is the obvious one. This is the one we think of when we think of wealth in general. But I talked about this in my very first podcast. Rich is not the same as wealth. Is your financial wealth trending in the right direction? Are you secure with your basic needs such as food, shelter, and clothing? Are you moving towards six plus months of expenses save to the ability to have interests that earn you money that you need to retire to supporting you and if you have one, your family as well? Where are you right now with your financial wealth or you know the lack thereof isn't as important as which direction it's trending i don't really care if you're a millionaire i had somebody one time come to me and we were talking about this and they said steven i'm not rich like you i don't have the kind of money you have so when you say that you know you put ten thousand dollars into the market there's no way i could do that so what why would i bother and i just looked at him and i said listen Five years ago, I couldn't put ten thousand dollars in the market on a whim like that. Five years ago, I probably couldn't do a thousand. But let me ask you something: If you're at a good place with your financial foundation, you're ready to invest. Could you put five hundred in? Well, uh-huh. Yeah, I I, I could do five hundred. Okay. Well, that's great. Start with the five hundred and move in that direction. We don't all need to be on the same playing field. We're not going to be in anything. That's fine. Are you moving in the right direction? That's what I'm worried about. Okay? Too many of us look at it and say, ah, you know, he's already halfway up the mountain. There's just no way I can catch up to him. Guess what? You don't need to catch up to me if I'm halfway up the mountain. I'm halfway up the mountain, and I'm looking at people that are three-fourths of the way up the damn mountain. Some of them are sitting up at the top already. I'm going, oh, my gosh, I'm exhausted. I I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get there. It's not. It, it's not what matters. Thief or I'm sorry, the, the, the thief of joy, um, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm screwing this up, I'm sorry, comparison is the thief of joy. Stop looking at where everybody else is on the mountain and focus on where you are, okay? If you're at the very bottom of this journey and you just take a couple steps and you look back, you're going to be like, man, I'm pretty high off the ground. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Things look a little bit different up here. You keep going, guess what? You're going to find that more and more and more and you're going to find it gets easier, Be faithful with little, be faithful with much. You don't need to be investing $10,000 if you haven't been investing $500 already. Because guess what? When you lose money, as you will in all investing in the short term, when that stock market dips and goes down 10%, it's a lot harder not to sell when you've got $5,000 and there are $10,000 or $100,000 or $1 million. It's a lot harder not to sell it when those dips come than when you just have $500. Learn the disciplines. Okay. Enough off that soapbox. Moving on to social wealth. Now this, social wealth is something I think has probably been one of the most impacted of all of our wealths due to the pandemic. And let me define this a little bit further by you and I think you'll understand what I'm talking about. So this can be defined by a few things. Extended family you're close to, friends that you enjoy and push you to be better, a growing professional network that can na- enable you to find a job or grow you in your professional pursuits. This is a network that requires maintenance, but it go but a little goes a long way in this network because we live in a world where no one just calls to say hello very often anymore. Think about that. When was the last time somebody just called you or just texted you, you know, somebody that you don't talk to every day or every couple of days and it was just a friend and they just called just to say hey. How's it going? How are you doing? And there was no uh, ask at the end of it. Of oh, well, good. I'm glad to hear from you. Well, listen, you know, if you had time, I, I remember you had that recipe. Uh, you know, it was really good. Could you send that over to me? Like, no, just just purely unadulterated. Want to know how you were doing? That was it. And better yet, when was the last time you did that to somebody? When was the last time you called somebody up? needed absolutely nothing from them, and just wanted to check on them. I think you'd be shocked how often or or how much of an impact that can make in somebody's life, especially right now. Is there somebody you can call that, hey, you guys used to be really good friends, lost a little touch in the pandemic, you miss them, and you don't need anything from them? See if they can go to lunch. At minimum, shoot them a text. Hey, just want you to know I'm thinking about you. You know, last time we talked, you had this going on. How's that thing going? See the kind of impact something as simple as that will make. Grow your social wealth. So something that I do personally, I have an hour a month blocked off every month just to text certain people that I don't see often, but that I appreciate for some reason. I just ask them how they're doing for updates in their life. Simple things. And guess what? Sometimes that leans to a phone call. Sometimes they just text me back and we text for a little bit. It's good staying in touch. Sometimes we take it to the next level. and We do something crazy like getting lunch if they live in town or whatever the case is. But you know what? That one hour a month has allowed me to have relationships that have lasted years, even though I haven't seen them all in a long time. Like I said, it doesn't take much. In this world where we are so connected, we have never been more disconnected. So we have to fight in order to stay that way because there's so many other things pulling us away from each other. So my goal is always to leave people feeling better than the way I found them. That is my general principle on how I build social wealth. So it doesn't really matter if it is a business connection, if it's a family member, if it is a friend, an acquaintance, whatever the case is, my goal is always to leave them feeling better than the way I found them. To be uplifting, to be encouraging, to be friendly. Okay. Unless you're an asshole. And then sometimes, hey, I just got to deal with you. Because <laughs> God knows there's a few of them and I can be that way as well. So, guess what? If you're an asshole, then, hey, I just got to deal with you. No, I'm, I'm okay. But social wealth, that is my my rule on how I build social wealth. And social wealth can have a very enigmatic effect. Like many times, people with large social groups, Uh, You know, they're more interested in selfish gain, what they can get from this. People talk about this all the time with like social clout, uh, influencers and, you know, they will influencers. man, those people will talk to you about how lonely they are. These people with thousands of and sometimes millions of quote unquote friends or connections or whatever. I mean, those are some lonely people because they never know who is truly Just trying to befriend them versus who's just trying to grow their social media following and get some cool videos with them. Uh, It's it's really amazing how toxic uh, a lot of that influencer culture can be sometimes because people are trying to grow their social wealth, but they're doing it in a way that's not particularly authentic. And that can actually have the completely opposite effect. So, you know, the best results, like I said, they usually come from social groups where you invest without much of an expectation of return. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't hope it will benefit you someday. I have joined groups, not, <clears throat> you know, like professional groups, not sure how it would impact me and, uh, you know, just seeing how it went. I've joined, you know, some groups and I was like, there's no way I'm going to get anything out of this. I'm just here to give. And then I ended up being completely wrong and it ended up benefiting me greatly. Um, sometimes you just don't know how it's going to benefit you some days. And that's. That's one of the cool things about social wealth. It's pretty damn unpredictable. So be genuine. Just show that you care a little beyond how's your day and waiting for the standard, things are good. If you crack just that little basic greeting that is so ironic because we really don't care, you know, like be honest. Like if somebody comes up to you and they go, oh, how's your day? Do you really think in that moment they want to hear about all the crap that you have going on? Well, oh man, let me tell you, since you asked, um, <laughs> I mean, if you started with that, you would probably see their eyes glaze over. They'd probably look at their watch or their phone and be like, oh shoot, I got to get to this thing. Is is Steven really about to get into it here? And guess what? I do it with people sometimes. And guess what? Most people are kind enough to sit there and actually listen to me. They really are. But you know what? I have some pretty strong relationships with people because of it. And in turn, the best part about it is then they feel comfortable actually going beyond that with me when I ask them, how's their day? And we get to know each other a little bit deeper and a little bit better. And again, it doesn't matter if it's a personal or a business setting. We're all people at the end of the day and people buy from people and people like to hang out with people. So it all, it, it doesn't have to, there doesn't have to be much of a delineation in how we're um, treating people, whether it's personal or professional, uh, but obviously that context will matter, depending on you know what we're trying to do with it. So that's the two sides of the social wealth. Some of it is just for friendship and support and love, and some of that social wealth has to do with business and growing and um, you know making money, and that's totally fine. But there's also you know not necessarily a reason why you have to operate differently in both of those. You can pretty much act pretty close to the same. And uh, I think you will find that social wealth will grow. Uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll leave everybody with this one, You know the famous Maya Angelou quote, at the end of the day, people won't remember what you said or did, they will remember how you made them feel. And with all that said, that is the four types of wealth, time wealth, health wealth, financial wealth, and social wealth. Wherever you are in your life right now, you have some type of, of all four of those. And all I want you to do is to sit back, think about them, make some honest assessments to yourself about which ones are trending up and which ones are trending down and you need to focus a little bit more time on. And from there, figure out ways and things that you can do to start growing all of those wells and make your life a little bit richer.